This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. All right, well, we're going to rock and roll in three, two, one. Let's go. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a podcast where we attempt to answer the most common money and investing questions from the community to help us all become better investors. If you're joining us for the very first time, a massive welcome. We strongly recommend, though, that you scroll up and start at episode one. Now, while we are licensed, we are not aware of your personal circumstances. All information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes, and any advice is general advice only. With that said, Let's crack on. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. We had uh, a lot of fun launching Under the Hood uh, last episode, and uh, we're back for the second of 10 in this series, where we are going under the hood of 10 Australian-listed ETFs, unpacking how they work, and learning the skills to analyze these ETFs ourselves. That's it. Uh, Under the Hood is proudly supported by GlobalX ETFs, who are a leading player in the ETF industry. And we are super excited to welcome uh, a new expert to the Equity Mate studio, Head of Investment Strategy at GlobalX, Blair Hannon. Blair, welcome. Yeah, n- new expert, but my grey hair probably says I'm probably an old expert. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Name. It's a podcast, no one can see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Blair, people still think I have hair. <laughs> Now, the question that we're going to be asking today is how do we know when there is enough for an ETF? I don't think I've met anyone with more ideas for ETFs than Alec Renahan. Every day you've got a new idea for an ETF. But often- and we're going to spend the next 15 minutes pitching you, Blair. <laughs> yeah, actually, that could be a good podcast. Not for us. Thank you. <laughs> because... Not all investment themes and opportunities can be wrapped up into an ETF. And we want to understand from the experts at Global X how they come to figuring out when there's actually enough for a proper ETF and an investment opportunity, Ren. Now, uh, to do that, uh, and the ETF we're going to go under the hood on today is Global X's Battery Tech and Lithium ETF. Uh, ticker code ACDC. We always love the ticker codes yes. that uh, ETF providers come up with. How did no one have that ticker code, Blair? That's my question. It's a good question. Uh, well, but this is sort of in the nascent days of ETS and thematics. You know, this was, you know, unless a company did it, the True. ETF providers. Now that's becoming a bit more crowded. True. I've just had the thought, does anyone have the ticker code ETF? 
I don't think you can have it. I oh, think there's actually okay. rules around it these days. So because that would unlikely. be very confusing as shit. Though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but to introduce this episode, and I guess to talk about just how many ETFs are out there. I've designed a bit of a game. Okay. And so Blair and Bryce, uh, uh, we'll put you head to head. Uh, it's just true or false. Do these ETFs really exist? Okay. Because there's a lot out there, but I guess the question is how many of these, how, how far does a rabbit hole go when it comes to just random ETFs? All right. We'll, we'll start in America for the first one. Um, the Nashville area ETF, an ETF that invests in companies who have headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> True or false? Fake. No. Fake? I could not get there. You couldn't get there? It was real. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to it? It closed in 2018. I guess the state of Tennessee wasn't producing that many great companies. But, yeah, it was a real ETF. Okay. I don't think that blows anyone away, though, does no. it? <laughs> Any others? Yeah, I got eight. Okay, nice. <laughs> How long have we got? All right, what about this one? Uh, the stock exchange ETF, an ETF that tracks the biggest stock exchanges in the world. And so, for uh, like, think of like the company, the ASX, or like the company, the London Stock Exchange. True or false? I think awesome idea, uh, but fake. Blair? Well, there is so many now. And if you go to the US, you know, we only have one, but there's multiple over there mm-hmm. and then same through the um, through Europe. So I think it's possible in terms of you could build a reasonable portfolio. It's not like three or four, it's probably 10, 10 15. Mm. So I think, I think it's, yeah, possible. I couldn't find it. It's not true, but it is one that we often pitch because they're pretty good businesses. So feel free to take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then final one, true or false, the obesity ETF. It owns companies that profit from servicing uh, the obese, uh, including healthcare, weight loss, and supplements. Good investment theme, fake. I think it's r- possibly real, but maybe not called that. It is called that, and its ticker code is SLIM, S L I M. Not in Australia, over in the States, but it is true. Oh, the, 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 some of the US codes are unbelievable. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you, can have the, you can have like a good time. The, the wildest one we found uh, the America First ATF, ticker code MAGA. Like make America great oh, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I'm some- sure there's a marijuana one called like MJ or something, or something like like yeah, kind of like that, yeah, and, yeah, and that road. Yeah. So anyway, I guess the point of that game was there are so many ETFs out there, um, but I think we can say that not every theme is created equal. Some have a lot more uh, depth in terms of the companies that are available to be invested in. And some uh, have a lot more maybe long-term tailwinds behind them. And so that's what we really want to unpack today with you, Blair. How do we know when these ETFs, uh, when, when there's enough to actually create an ETF? So actually we heard from a member of our community with a question that actually aligned with this. Hey, equity mates. I've got a question for you. I've been looking to add a few thematic ETFs to my portfolio. Some of these thematic ideas, though, are pretty niche. So I'm just wondering how I can tell if these are long-term plays or they're just going to run out of steam. So how, how do we know? Where do you guys start with this? Because as Ren just articulated there, the Tennessee was a great investment <laughs> opportunity, but it <laughs> went bust. Well, where, where do you start? Oh, look, you can go all the way back and... When you're a, obviously there's two sort of buckets of, of ETF providers now. There's the active guys who are picking stocks themselves, fundamental, whatever you want to do. They're not going to 
they're not going to be doing what we're talking about. And there's the, the passive managers, which is, you know, us and a lot of other ones, the iShares, the vanguards of the world. So you've got two options if you're, if you're going to bring an ETF out. You can either go to an next, you've got to go to an index provider at some point, mm-hmm. you know. You can either go to them and say, what's on the shelf already? We'll take that off the shelf. We're going to build, you know, wrap an ETF around it. That's all we're doing as an ETF. You're wrapping an ETF around an index. That's one option. The other option is, and this is where you kind of, we're kind of getting down this path now, and I'm assuming where Nashville went because I'm not sure that's not on the shelf, <laughs> uh, is you can go to them and say, hey, we've got a, a generic idea. Stock Exchange one might be another one. Um, have you got something like that? You know, there's a, there's a multitude of, of index providers out there, the MSCI, S&P, Sol Active. There's, you know, new ones coming up all the time. Do you have that? No. Okay, well, this is kind of a general idea of what we're looking for. Is something you can build and run and manage. So they, they're your two sort of starting points. And that's, you know, any um, ETF business has to do that. That's, that's a bare minimum because the job of an ETF, you know, passive ETF is to track an index. That's what you have to do. I think, though, to the heart of your question, the heart of your question is, you know, that's great, but, you know, there's obviously all these ones on the shelf. You can, we can just go and launch them all if we want. That's not going to serve anyone any benefit. Mm. And we know the abundance of the amount of ETFs in the Australian market now. We talked about how many in the US. There's, like, you know, there's thousands and thousands. So if you're going to do thematics, thematics is a bit different than the generic run-of-the-mill market cap, ASX, S&P 200, S&P 500. That, that's, again, they're brand names in their own right. When you talk about thematics, you want to be – I think there's kind of three areas you want to do. You want to have a level of conviction, and this is kind of talked about, you mentioned before, right, or being robust. You want to have a level of conviction that the theme is truly a – like proper paradigm shift in what you're trying to, you know, invest across. So this is not the fads. This is not, you know, if you think about a thematic, I wouldn't say, and we're just going to use your weird one, the Nashville <laughs> one as an example, because it's so weird. That's not a theme. That's just an area that might be growing for some demographic reason. It's not really a theme, you know. Yeah. So when, you, when, you're, when you're getting to the crux of it, it's like big paradigm shift, you know, possibly across demographics, but obviously technology, um, you know, you know, changes in government, these sort of big moves are going to happen across, uh, across you know, p- possibly globally, you know, preferably globally. Um, so unless you have that real conviction of that, that being a proper big thematic paradigm shift, you know, then you're not going to do it as, a, as an ETF. It's going to be harder to get, you know, for people to digest. I think the second two sort of are pretty obvious too when you've talked about this. It's got to be investable. So you can't have three companies doing it because just go buy the stocks. And then you've got to have a broad enough range that the theme's going to encapsulate what you're trying to achieve as well. So, you, you know, really tens probably, it's I'd say probably tens too, too little, but probably 20 to 40 is going to encapsulate enough of enough companies, we're talking about equity-based ones, enough companies that you're going to get a broad enough spectrum across to say, yeah, this kind of is following what we call a theme. Um, so it's got to be investable. And then there's a bunch of whole things behind that around liquidity. You don't want to be investing in these micro-cap stocks, which we've seen in the past where uh, ETFs can have a basically reverse effect on the stocks, so impacting the stocks. You don't ever want to be in that situation. They've got to sit over the top. There's obviously been lots of sort of doomsday stories around that in general. Didn't happen in COVID. You know, it's unlikely that, you know, that this is going to um, eventuate even with the rapid growth. But... I think the third one, so we've done the first two, so that's, you know, conviction, investability, and then the third one's really the time frame. So, you know, anything really short term, 
it's not going to work out. You've got to be convicted that it's long-term. Or Look, Evergreen would be the best, mm. but you've got to be convicted that it's long-term. So when you think about the ideas, we've got this really good chart uh, and we'll give it to you guys if you want. You can, I don't know where you post it. You can post it somewhere. It's called the S-curve. This is basically around technological adoption of you know anything, whether it's back from the internet days and now you can think about all the thematics that might fit on that. And it helps investors, it's kind of like a framework to think about, well, where do I want to play on this curve? Like how adopted is it? If it's social media, it's right on the far right because everyone's already got it. Um, or if you think that Facebook's smart and they're going back in the metaverse, that's going to be on the far left and it's going mm. to you know be pre-growth. So if it's podcasting, it's right on the crest of the S-curve as it starts to go upwards. Oh, so you're saying it's, you guys are about to get rich? Is yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so that's the, I think that's the concept of – but thematics is thematics is different than a lot of other areas, like in terms of fixed incomes, investing is different than thematics, as is just broad-based market cap investing. So those I think those three things will be helpful. And I think to, to the point, that's generally a framework you can use – for investing in the ones that are already listed as mm. well. I was just going to say, yeah, that's one way that if you're putting the hat on here and thinking, you know, uh, building the toolkit of investing, like you, the approach you just took in thinking about building the ETF should be the approach that we take when looking at an ETF and being, is this something that I actually want to invest in? Yeah. And I guess the, the question that comes out of that is why uh, is it important? Like if we start investing in themes or we start seeing ETFs produced in themes, that don't meet those three criteria? Like what's the risk for investors? We all know, we always know that investing is difficult because, you know, emotionally you're very connected to these things. So you inherently become a short-termist. Like my background many years ago, uh, this is why I got grey hair because I've been through the GFC, <laughs> was in investment advice. And, and, the, and one of the biggest problems of that was, you know, working with people, with investors and, you know, keeping them sane through, through difficult times and, you know, we've been through a really, really strong period, but it's it's very easy to become short-termist around thematics when you know the whole point of what you did was to, you know, invest in the long term. That's, that was why you're there if you believe in it. So I think that there's always that. And I think the second part of it is on the back of that, again, this is just an inherently a, a, a bias that's built into types of – everyone's somewhat a momentum trader. And what I mean by that is is – you're probably not going to be there on day one. Like it's harder to, to be that that convicted that you're going to be there on day one. So you're probably going to be there six months, a year into the program of what this thematic's doing. So, you you know, you're sort of catching on to the theme later on. So it's always interesting around how then that allocation builds in a portfolio because you've got to start thinking strategically, what else have I got? You know, how is this pairing with other things in a portfolio? Now, am I late? Am I too, like, you know, where am I sitting in this journey? This is why this S-curve can kind of be a bit more of a, um, an indicator and be helpful. So it just depends. It depends on how you're, how you're thinking about where that allocation is. And that, I think that's a broader, we're way out of, out of scope here a little bit, but around portfolio construction, I know you guys have done a lot of work on this, but for portfolio construction, strategy, sticking to that strategy, how do you do that for the long term? That's really hard. Mm. It's really hard. It's really hard for professional investment manager on active funds. So how hard is it for someone who's got a day job yeah. and also doing this on the side? So it comes back to that whole tender thing, like just being convicted and sticking to the sticking to the truth of what you're trying to do and then likely you'll be okay. Yeah. I own, um, for transparency, one of your ETFs that has the fewest holdings of any ETF I have. I think you may own it as well. Fang Plus. Yeah. Ten holdings. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, that's why I, I did go under the hood. Try to caveat that a little bit at the start, but it's, again, I wouldn't. Is, I wouldn't call Fang a thematic in its own right. Like it's mega cap 
tech yeah, stocks in tech. kind of what it is. Yeah. Oh, I'd nearly even call it a sector, you know, now. It's not a theme. Mm. Um, we have another ETF, um, which is semiconductors. You might be able to put this on a on a S-curve, but it's going to be way up to the far right. Like that, that's around they're, – they're doing iterations on semiconductors now. Like it's going smaller and smaller from nanometer. Like, again, that's a sector, mm. not a theme anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of what happens eventually. It kind of moves into that bucket. Um, but, yes, the, you know, you, that one is, is a sort of a bit of an outlier. But, yes, it has 10. You're right. Yeah, I like it. It's a great start. No well, advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, take some of those considerations you were talking about earlier and apply them to this ETF we're looking at today, battery tech and lithium. Now, lithium is obviously one of the hottest investing trends of the past few years, particularly in Australia. There's a lot of interest in a lot of uh, companies, but a hot trend doesn't always make a great long-term investing product. As Buy now, pay later. That is a great example. Yeah. yeah that's one we're not going to pitch you, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Hot trend. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the work that you guys did to go from battery tech and lithium is hot right now to battery tech and lithium is investable through an ATF. Yeah, this this has been out for a while. So it kind of goes back to it probably was just before the really big lithium bull run. Which was great for early investors in the ETF. <laughs> yeah, no, great. But I think it's interesting to know how, how this ETF is split up. And it goes back to your point, like how did we design this? And this is one of those ones where it actually was already listed uh, elsewhere. So again, that's another one that's on the shelf, essentially. It took it off the shelf. Um, but the interesting thing here is it's the full value chain, like the full supply chain across, um, I guess, Lithium, and you've obviously got battery technology in the middle there around moving the lithium to battery technology and then, then the actual um, EVs in the end. So it kind of, you know, lithium's been the, the big winner there in terms of that those three pieces, mm. but it's not always going to be that way. We've seen the last quarter, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been a great investment. It's been tough. You know, we're starting to see some M&A. That's interesting, obviously, in the space. Um, but it's one of those ones where... You, it, it's helpful because if you think about the real theme, lithium isn't a theme; it's a material. I'm not saying that's not an ETF, and it's not. We don't have one in Australia, but you know there is them, there is one globally, or you can buy stocks. But the theme, if you're talking about themes, that's what the true sense of that word. It's the electrification of mobility. You know, it's moving towards from traditional combustion vehicles to electric vehicles, and all the pieces that are go that go in with that. So that's kind of what we wanted to get to the heart of is, you know, when you, when you do a truthmatic, you really are going back to the core of what that theme is and thinking about how you want to invest in it. So I think for many, like, you know, they probably look at that and go, oh, it's just a lithium ETF. Maybe they, maybe they haven't looked under the hood, you know, as, a, as an example like that. I think they should because uh, you can look at the top 10, you, can, you know, that's, the, again, power of ETFs. It's all transparent. Yeah. And know what you're actually getting and you're getting components of all three of that part. So you're getting lithium stocks, great. You're getting battery component makers, you're getting battery manufacturers, great. And you're getting some uh, electric vehicle manufacturers, you're getting also some sort of, you know, the original equipment manufacturers, so the, the, you know, the BMWs, these guys who are moving towards that future. This is always the thing about looking under the hood of an ETF. Like, don't look at the title. Mm. Go in and just, just do me a favour, please. Just go and at least peruse the top 10 <laughs> yeah. to make sure that you're like, oh, okay, this kind of fits what I want. Well, it feels like that's a good segue for us to go under the hood because when I uh, went under the hood of this ETF, I was surprised by some of the biggest holdings. It's, it's not what I expected. So oh, It's not 10 lithium miners? It's not. You obviously haven't read our notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blair, when we go under the hood, we always like to look at 
what the ETF is trying to do, its purpose, how it then goes about achieving that purpose by looking at the index that it's tracking, um, and then how much it costs to get access to it, so the fees. So let's start there. Battery tech and lithium, what, what's it trying to do? What's the purpose of the ETF? Yeah, so just going back to that, that previous point, it's trying to capture that whole value chain across electric vehicles. Because you, you can, if you really want, pick those bits apart and invest in them separately. Uh, I think there is electric vehicle, specifically ETFs in the market. Again, you can buy lithium stocks. But this is about being much broader than that and sticking to the idea that this is a larger theme in play. And all the you know the research stacks up that that's happening. So you're not being as particular on materials or on batteries or on EVs. You're being the whole you're getting yeah. the whole part of it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, in uh, the index that it, tra- it tracks is the Selective Battery Value Chain Index. Um, so, as Blair mentioned, it's kind of a off the shelf, and Global X are, are tracking that index. And in our next episode with Kanish, we talk about what actually is an index and go into a bit more detail on that. And the fees on this ETF are 0.69%. So, Ren, in terms of performance, it's had pretty good. Uh, it's had pretty good performance since inception. Pretty good, 30 percent a year I over like the past temper three things. years. Temp, I, te- I temper things. I don't know what's good for you. <laughs> Should see my portfolio. Pretty happy with that, Blair. <laughs> oh, look, it's it's obviously been a cracker. It's but yeah, I think it's big. <laughs> anyone who's probably listening to your podcast has some interest in investing probably knows that lithium's mm. been yeah, super mm. hot, big time. Uh, as has battery technology, which is getting better and better every day. And some of those EV manufacturers, Tesla, obviously number one, BYD, they, mm. they're, they're obviously done really well. So that shouldn't surprise anyone. I wouldn't no. be. Blo- I, that doesn't blow me away. Yeah. Yes, past performance is no uh, indication of future Certainly performance not. either. Yeah, so, yeah. but let's continue with uh, under the hood. So, just like the ETFs that we'll discuss throughout this series, there's a mix of geography. Uh, for once, the main country is not the USA. Finally, we've got Japan sitting at twenty-five uh, percent uh, of the uh, of the index. But let, let's move through to the the top holdings. So I think that's a little bit more interesting and and shows a bit more detail about what you were talking about, Blair, around the true sort of end-to-end, I guess, supply chain. And, and Ren, perhaps you can discuss why you think it was surprising. So, so Blair, what are some of the the top holdings? Back to basic one hundred and one, like understanding the rules, methodologies of of thematics is way more important than the the broad market cap ones. So, uh, you know, market cap we know is just the largest company is going to be weighted highest. You know, it's going to have the largest impact on the returns. Where there's always nuances with these sort of thematics, these thematic ones. So you just, again, you've got to do your research. Um, and that, that takes a bit of work. So but you look at this one, for example, this is an equal weighted one. So you look at the top 10 now, once the rebalance happens, which I think is in the end of May, that's going to sort of be reset mm. and mm. change again. So it's all good to look at this now, I'm just saying, but, you know, you're going to sort of get a, a bit of a, a re-weighting um, back to that space. So, but at the moment, you know, we've got, yeah, top 10, what are we talking about? We've got some of the car manufacturers, so BMW, Renault, Merck. So again, what are those guys doing? They're moving their fleet to... Uh, electric vehicles electric, yeah. and that's driven by a couple of things driven by regulation and driven by demand mm. no brainer uh, then you've got some other ones like um, there's some interesting ones so Solar Edge is one that's sort of doing more in the battery space I think a large part of the business is focused on um, solar but a lot in the battery space and a lot in EV charges and that sort of mm. that sort of area similar to um, Enesis there in the space of um, of batteries you know and there's other ones in that so you can go down the list and you can see Min resources there, which I'm sure yeah. many of your listeners yeah. know well. Nissan, uh, yeah. again, Sumitomo in the battery. So again, you're getting, you're encapsulating a lot of different 
styles of businesses mixing together, mm. which is which is good and bad. In you know, in good times, obviously, some of those businesses are going to do really well. Other ones aren't because they're, some are industrial, some aren't. Mm. But then, in, and then in times like we're in now, when lithium's off, some of these other companies are doing really well because if we've got cheaper lithium, the car manufacturers are going to do better mm. yeah. because they can obviously on-sell that to them or keep the margins higher, whatever it might be. So, mm. you know, it, it could be a good mix if you think about the whole value chain of that. Mm. Yeah. So a few Australian companies in there. You mentioned uh, Minres, Mineral Resources, also Pil- Pilbara Minerals, yep. or as Bryce, Bryce calls them, Pilbara Minerals. That's criminal. You can't. <laughs> that needs to stop right now. Pilbara. But yeah. WA is going to re- have a real problem with that. Yeah, we've already lost all our WA listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I was surprised by the car makers being so big in the, uh, in the ETF, and it's a real reminder to look under the hood and yep. how you can do it. The more I thought about it, the more it actually wasn't that surprising that it's so it's Tesla from the US, BYD from China, and some of the Europeans, BMW, Renault, and Mercedes Benz. And we know how, uh, I guess, ahead of the curve Europe is in terms of regulating transport emissions. And so, not surprising that they're in that ETF, but you know, sometimes you, you have to look. Yeah. Nice. Well, we set out to answer the question, how do we know when there is enough for an ETF? And I guess that then flows in, how do I know if there, there is actually something here for me to invest in as a, as a retail investor thinking about building my portfolio? We discussed, is it robust? Is there an invest? Is it actually investable? Is it a long-term thematic? Is it not a fad? This isn't the inverse Trump tweet ETF or whatever the Kramer ETF or whatever was that it was. Yeah. Oh, the inverse Wasn't Kramer ETF. Like yeah, 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 that's I wouldn't have that one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> inverse Kramer ETF. But I mean, or that's it was. long-term <laughs> and substantial. <laughs> so, some really good points there to uh, to help you think about. Not only that's how our Global X um, think about building ETFs, but you should be thinking about how you, uh, I guess, select ETFs as well. And super important, just like we discussed with condition episode one, what's in a name. It's so important you actually go under the hood here and, and don't take battery tech and lithium for face value. Make sure you you go in and understand what you're actually investing in. So Under the Hood is proudly supported by Global X ETFs, a leading player in the ETF industry with a robust platform and over 30 targeted products globally. They've got a trusted reputation with over a million clients in 95 countries and are uniquely positioned to identify and analyze disruptive companies with their industry-leading research team. So head to globalxetfs.com.au for more information and for the product information pages of everything that we talk about. So Blair, absolutely pleasure thank you for helping us unpack that you will be back uh, in a few episodes time to uh to continue the conversation but uh we very much appreciate it no thank you boys you have been listening to an equity mates media production in the spirit of reconciliation equity mates media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout australia and their connections to land sea and community we pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all aboriginal and torres strait islander peoples today This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.